Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. From the Berkshires to the Sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 70, Rob Parker. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker, with this very special off-season edition of Inside the Parker. Coming up, we're going to talk with the newest member of the Hall of Fame, manager Jim Leland. He joins us. And Malachi Moore, a Major League Baseball umpire who's giving back to the community. That plus much more. Let's go. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. It ain't done yet, but we're hearing the rumblings. We're hearing that, yes, the Yankees are serious about getting Juan Soto on a trade from the San Diego Padres. This would make a lot of sense. The Yankees need some star power. They need to get Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton some some help. And Soto would be playing for a contract to the the right field porch at Yankee Stadium. This is a great opportunity for the Yankees and for Soto, who turned down that $440 million deal with the Washington Nationals. He never really clicked in San Diego. Played better last year, made the All-Star team, but it just didn't seem like the same guy who helped the Nationals win the World Series and was offered a contract of a lifetime, almost a half a billion dollars. I know he probably regrets taking it, but... The Yankees need Soto, and Soto needs the Yankees. I think this is a perfect marriage, and the Yankees should give up whatever they have to the young players that the Padres are looking for to make this happen. The Padres are overloaded, and they're not going to re-sign Soto with the money that they've already shelled out. So this makes total sense. 
They have Tatis. Uh, they have Bogarts, and they have uh, Machado. They already have three guys who all make over like $300 million. So how are they going to sign Soto to? This makes 100% sense, and uh, I expect this to happen. Number two. Of course, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes has started. This will be interesting. It still feels like he's the Dodgers to lose, and, and we know that Dave Roberts came out and announced that he did meet with Shohei and the Dodgers did, and they spent some time together at Dodger Stadium a couple hours, and he wants to play on the West Coast, and the Dodgers are a team that is a blue blood in baseball and has an unbelievable fan base and has a ton of money. It all just seems like he can easily slide from Anaheim to Los Angeles and not have too much of a change in his life and lifestyle. And it all makes sense. You know, could San Francisco sneak in? Maybe it doesn't seem like Seattle or the Yankees or Mets are really involved because he, uh, with the Yankees and Mets, he wants to be on the West coast kind of bummed out that uh, Shohei would not be interested in playing on the East coast. I think that's a little bit of a mistake since most of the country is on the East Coast. So a lot of people won't get to see him play. Uh, you know, they go to bed at 10 o'clock when, when the games are starting out West. That's just the facts. So you can see replays, but it ain't the same as if he was playing on the bigger stage or playing at Yankee Stadium. And we saw Hideki Matsui come from Japan and be a star and win a World Series MVP with the Yankees. It was pretty exciting. And uh, the Japanese people loved that he was in pinstripes. But it looks like the Dodgers are going to wind up being able to grab him, and uh, this will be interesting. Um, there's a lot to go, lot, still a lot to happen, but it looks like Shohei is going to wind up with the Dodgers like we've all thought for most of uh, this time, ever since he decided he was going to become a free agent. Number three. Reports from uh, the Athletics' Ken Rosenthal is that uh, veteran closer Craig Kimbrell and the Orioles are close to an agreement on a free agent deal. Um, that would be interesting uh, for the uh, Orioles to add a closer to the mix after uh, their reigning AL reliever of the year, Felix Bautista, is expected to miss the 2024 season after undergoing Tommy John surgery. So absolutely, the Orioles need help in the bullpen. So that makes... Uh, a lot of sense if Kimbrell can uh, get a deal done there with the Orioles. The Orioles don't expect to go anywhere. They know that they won the division, but these other teams, the Yankees and Red Sox, aren't going anywhere. So I'm sure they they realize they need reinforcements. Uh, Kimbrell last year played for the Phillies on a one-year $10 million contract and uh, had a uh, really good season for the Phillies, of course. And then came the postseason, and he struggled in the NLDS against the Diamondbacks um, and was removed from that closer role. So it looks like Kimbrough could wind up with the Orioles on a deal, a free agent deal, and uh, we'll wait to hear from that as the winter meetings continue in Nashville. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but – Creighton is the team every year that the nerds 
you know, the basketball nerds. Like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn. Oh, it's so good. All right, now let's welcome into the podcast Jim Leland, who was in, who's going to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He uh, got in through the Veterans Committee, almost 94% of the vote. Jim Leland, congratulations from inside the park and from myself, man. I'm so happy for you. Well, I really appreciate that. I, I I couldn't be happier. I'm very grateful. You know, this is a place that you don't get alone. You don't get there by yourself. So there'll be a lot of people to thank, but I'm very, very grateful. And Jim, I mean, what a long run. You were a coach with the Chicago White Sox, White Sox dating back to 1982. Obviously, you were a Pirates manager for a long time. You won a World Series with the Florida Marlins. You managed the Rockies. That was a short time. You bounce back after a few years. You come to Detroit. You get that team going. You were there for a, a, a nice amount of time, almost won a World Series. They had a couple of opportunities to at least get there. Tell tell me uh, just about the whole ride and being a major league manager starting in Pittsburgh and just some of your memories and thoughts. Well, it all starts with opportunity. <clears throat> That's how it all starts. Somebody has to believe in you. And to be able to accomplish what I was fortunate enough to do uh, is because I got the opportunity. And uh, once you get the opportunity, 
then you're at the mercy of the players. When you get players' performance, um, that's another reason why that, that I got to the Hall of Fame. It, it, it belongs to the players. I share this with so many people, front office, ownership, general manager, presidents, farm directors. Uh, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the players. Talk about you were a manager. That's true. You got to have players. You know that, Jim. Without players, you ain't winning too many games. And you've had some great players. We'll get to that. But you were a three-time manager of the year, 1990, 1992, 2006. I know they all got to be special. I, I Deep down, I want to feel like, and, and I'm just guessing, and, and I want to hear your opinion, but the 2006 one meant a lot because you were away from the game, you came back, and and you didn't lose anything. You, you had a resurgence, and, I, you know, I, I think that that, that time in Detroit had to be special. Well, there's no question about that. I think, uh, you know, to come back to the Tigers, which is the, the team that I signed with as a young kid, and uh, I signed with them in 1963. So I went to my first spring training in 1964. And I always kid everybody. I said, I, I signed with the Tigers in 64, but I never got to Detroit until 2006. So it took me a long, <laughs> long time to get there. I can tell you that. But yeah, that was a special moment. Maglio's home run, but it was unbelievable. The crowd that day, uh, you know, the electricity in that stadium. Uh, yeah, you just don't see things like that. Uh, it, it was very, very, very much unbelievable. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to celebrate a World Series in Florida. That was the same thing. And one of my fondest moments of my career is winning our first division title in Pittsburgh because we were, weren't very good to start with, but we got good. We, we finally caught and passed the Mets and we won that first division title. So you can make a case that there were several moments that were, very, very, very exciting. Let, let's start, and, and there's no doubt, but let's start in Pittsburgh. Um, and, and you had some great players in Pittsburgh, obviously. Uh, I was, Barry Bonds was there, but Doug Drabeck, Andy Van Slyke, Bobby Bonilla, you guys had a squad there. How much fun was that? You were there from 1986 to 1996. Oh, it was great. Uh, we, we, we had the right guys. We had guys with great personalities. They played hard each and every day. They gave me everything they had. Uh, you know, it was an exciting time because we weren't very good to start with, but we caught we caught and passed quite a few people. So, uh, you know, just a little sad that we didn't get by Atlanta a couple times there where we had a chance. But, hey, great games. I'm a big boy. That's the way it is. So you win some, you lose some. And, uh, you know, maybe you should have done this, you should have done that. But at the end of the day, that's just the way it is. And let's go to Florida with the Marlins in that World Series. Uh, that had to be special, too, 1997. What a squad you had there. That team was loaded. There was a lot of players from all over, kind of like a, a team that was put together, you know, from, from so many different places. Uh, how did that work out? How were you able to make that all mesh together and win that one? Yeah, I think we just happened to Dave Dombrowski did a great job of, of bringing the right players in, the right personalities. And that team really meshed real quick. In fact, in spring training that year, I think we were something like 26 and 5. And I was nervous as heck because I said, oh, my God, they're going to expect so much. But that club just got together real quick and it carried on throughout the year and right up till the final game of the World Series. Our guest is Jim Leland, of course, a former Major League manager on his way to Cooperstown, New York, for the Hall of Fame in 2024 off of his uh, selection there, which is just a, a great honor. And t tell us about, Jim, when you got the call and, just your reaction. And, and you know, there were other, a lot of managers on that list. Uh, Lou Pinella, uh, Cito Gaston, D. 
Davy Johnson. I mean, it, it, there was there was a list of guys, and they all had credentials. But uh, how were you feeling about you know waiting to hear that call and whether you're going to get it, and then when you did get it? Well, the, the whole day went really fast up until about six o'clock, and uh, then it just seemed to crawl. They told us we would hear something between six thirty and seven fifteen. And so that was the window, but about by 10 or 7, I hadn't heard anything. So I told my wife and my son and my daughter, I said, well, you know, it's not going to happen. And they were, my wife said, oh, there's a window for a reason, you know, hang in there. And so I just said, well, I'm going to go up and lie down for a minute and just kind of get my thoughts together. You know, disappointed, obviously, that I probably didn't sure. make it. So about that time, uh, I laid down. I no more than laid down. And my son and my wife, my daughter walked up the stairs and, when they hit the top step, I got the call and I couldn't believe it. So, uh, you know, they were all there to share it with me. It was just a wonderful, unbelievable moment. And, and for people who haven't been, I've told all people, you know, I love the game of baseball. And if you haven't been to Cooperstown, you just have to get there. It's a magical, it's a special place. And to be uh, immortalized, Jim, you know, and have your uh, plaque in that place for, for people for, ever to go up and look at the people who had contributions to baseball and made a difference. What does that make you feel like? Well, it's, it's absolutely great. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been to Cooperstown a couple of times to honor some former friends or men like Tony Russo, people that got in. Uh, so I know a little bit about it, but, but you're right. So in that building, when you walk in there and you see all that, stuff that's in there all the plaques and everything the bats and the helmets and uniforms and stuff it, it's, it's really mind-boggling and to think that i'm going to have a plaque that will be there forever uh i i just can't explain how, how great that feels and i know you probably your phone was ringing off the hook and i know with all the relationships and players i mean how was that just to to, to get love and hear from so many people uh who well you know, i got I got called some superstars and I got called some kids that played for me in the minor leagues. So I, I got to, to cover all bases and it was really nice. It was really nice. And I, I can't tell you probably 400 text messages I have, oh. but I've, I've been able, I've been able to answer every one of them. I've got every one of them answered and, uh, you know, not a long conversation, but just generally a thank you so much. And, uh, you know, but like I said, I got them from some kid that, I released an A ball in, in 1972, uh, all the way up to Justin Verlander, Barry Bonds, and, and people like that, Bobby right. Bonilla. So I could go on and on. And you and you were fortunate. We talked. You talked about it earlier about a manager, and you know you're thankful with the players that you had. And you had some big time players. And I'm not trying to shortchange anybody, but you know when you ma- manage Barry Bonds and. Uh, you know, a, a guy of that ilk and, and then Miguel Cabrera, those are two of like the greatest hitters that baseball has seen. I mean, how was that to have a front row seat every night to see those two guys and their careers? Well, that, that's, that's the great, great thing about it. You know, I really enjoyed, I, I talk about this all the time, my career. I, I had the, the good fortune of managing against some of the greatest players to ever play the game. And I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I enjoyed watching him thoroughly. I enjoyed watching him. And then, as you say, to manage guys like Boz and Cabrera and some of those guys, Larry Walker, to, to manage some of those guys and, and actually be their manager, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You realize, you marvel at what those guys do on a daily basis. And this is a really tough game to play. So 
uh, you know, to see those guys go up and, 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 and throw or, or hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, it's, it's hard to believe. Last thing, Jim. Baseball changed a lot. You know, a lot of guys, front office people want to manage and they want to give the manager the <coughs> scorecard, you know, the lineup card and tell them when to take people out and all kinds of stuff like that. But there's been a resurgence of older managers who have gotten in uh, and, uh, you know, had some success. Um, where are you on managing? Can 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 it be done from upstairs or do you have to have be in the dugout? Uh, we just saw Bruce Bochy come back and win a World Series with the Rangers, you know, more of an old school guy. Can that can you can is do you have to have a feel for it being the dugout or can it be done from the front office? No, I, I think it's a combination of some things. You know, the front office, certain people in the front office will provide you with, I call it infor- information. A lot of people call it analytics, but they can provide you with some valuable information and you look at it and some of it's absolutely very good. Some of it has an impact on the game. Some of it's kind of reading material, to be honest with you. But you put all that into play. But at the end of the day, it's about the players. It's about the pulse of the player. It's about who can slow the game down in the biggest moments. Uh, you know, you have to understand all those things. Who can make a pitch at a big time? And the, the analytics and that doesn't really have anything to do with that. They can tell you what pitch would be the best to throw, but you still have to execute the pitch. You still have to hit the pitcher's slider or whatever pitch it may be. So, no, you you have to be in the dugout to really get the pulse of the players and to know what's going on. Like I say, who can slow the game down and who can't. Last thing, I was there. I was in your office. I don't know if you remember in 2006 um, after you guys went to the World Series in 2006, you became the seventh manager in history to win a pennant in both the National American League, and and I don't and I remember how emotional you were. It was just me and you. All the other reporters, I think, were in the clubhouse. Do you remember that? And we did a TV I interview do. for Channel Four. And I do. I, yeah, and I remember that moment, and just you know all that went into it, and how much you care, how much you love the game, how much you love your players, and I, I, I again, I just want to say how much I appreciate you, how much you care about the game. It's guys like you that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm thrilled that you got in and um, couldn't be happier. Well, I appreciate that very much, and thank you for having me on. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, now let's welcome into the podcast Malachi Moore, a Major League Baseball umpire, just finished his first full-time season with uh, MLB. Malachi, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Rob, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Um, first of all, I want to say congratulations to you uh, for being inducted into the National um association of black journalists hall of fame that's a Man. tremendous accomplishment uh very well deserving thank you for I, that i appreciate that for real thank you but look at look at what you're doing man tell me about let's be you got some stuff we want to talk about about your yes. umpire camp and all that but just tell me about your first year you have been with major league baseball doing games but this was your first full-time season uh, right. for, for the previous three years. But tell me about your first year, the travels, dealing with it. How how did it go for you? Um, the first year as a full-time Major League umpire is, is your dream. You know, you work you work hard, you work your whole career, um, uh, you know, trying to attain that, that position. And I spent 11 years in the minor leagues waiting for this opportunity. I was blessed and fortunate enough uh, to get a call. And the first year was awesome. Uh, I got to work with a bunch of, veterans and, um, you know, really getting uh, to bond and and form that crew uh, com- camaraderie. I think that was very important for me. That was something that um, I didn't really get to experience going up and down as a major league umpire. You're bouncing uh, around crew to crew. So that was something that I really look forward to. The travel is is rigorous. You know, you're it, you're traveling, you're on a plane, you know, three times a week. Um, but with uh, being a full time major league umpire now, now you get um, now you get benefits, you know, you get vacation. So you get time at home. So it's it was a very good uh, experience for me. And I can't wait for next season. Our guest is Malachi Moore, Major League Baseball umpire. And just pull the curtain back a little bit as a as an umpire. It's yeah. got to be pretty cool sometimes. Obviously, you're neutral. You don't care who wins and loses. That's not your bag. But to be in some ex- moments and some games and crowd and, you know, and just the, the atmosphere. And even though, you know what I mean, you're just it's got to be pretty amazing when you see some of these players and some of the feats that they do and the home runs and the moments and the 
and the fans and all that. What is that like to have that kind of seat for those moments? You know, Rob, um, I grew up playing baseball. I wish I was, uh, you know, as talented as some of these players that are out there. And um, God has blessed me with uh, another path. And umpiring is literally the next best gig opposite of playing baseball, I feel. Um, you're on the field. You're not behind a, a screen. Or, you know? or like in my case, the same thing. I wanted to be a baseball player growing up. And and I was like, what else could I do to stay close to the game? And I became a baseball writer and a broadcaster and all that. But I'm not on the field. You're on the field, and I agree. Like, that is, other than being a player, you can't get any closer. Absolutely. I sweat. You know, I get nervous. I feel anxious. Um, I get excited. Um, and it's so awesome. Uh, umpiring has taught me so much, um, not only in baseball, but in life, just life lessons, um, how to communicate, how to uh, handle situations, and um, just really just how to enjoy baseball and really take a step back and a seat back and look and enjoy the game for what it is. What about uh, so far? This is, I mean, you're only 32. This is your young and your major league umpiring career. Right. Biggest moment you were behind the plate or or just in the ballpark on one of the bases. What What was the biggest moment that you were at and you experienced? I would have to say my first game ever, uh, me debuting in the major leagues. And it was so interesting because I debuted during COVID. And, you know, you grow up and you're, you know, your whole career, you're thinking, oh, snap, when I get on a major league field, I'm going to have 40,000, 50,000 people screaming. And it was the complete opposite. You know, there were cardboard cardboard cutouts out there. And so it was it was something very different, different on top of the experience and exposure um, within itself. So I think that was just mind boggling. And, and it'll never happen. Hopefully not going to, it'll never happen again. And um no other umpire will get to experience that. So, so to be one of the very few to ever get to experience that, I think that was just unreal. Yeah, that is uh, during those times. We almost forget about that. Those watching those games with no fans and cut out cardboard fans in the stands and all kinds of stuff. But last thing I want to get to is what you have coming up. Right. Which this is really great and giving back to the community. Uh, you have a uh, free two-day umpire camp, ages 12 and up, coming yeah. up on a Saturday, December 9th, and Sunday, December 10th. The right. Compton Youth Academy is the location. Just talk about that, giving back to the community. Why is this important to you? Um, It's very important to me, Rob, uh, just because of the fact that I know how I got started and where I came from. I was raised the right way, uh, raised in the church, um, had a a great group of friends growing up, played played football and baseball, played football with Richard Sherman in high school, won some uh, championships. Wow. So uh, went to Compton College, um, under played baseball under the leadership of Shannon Williams, attended the Major League Baseball Youth Academy throughout high school under the great uh, Daryl Miller, who was a tremendous leader and um, um, pioneer in youth baseball and youth development. And um, if it wasn't for Daryl, I wouldn't be here. So thank you to Daryl. But um, but also just for me, it was a way to get involved and stay involved in baseball and umpiring. I had the opportunity to attend an umpire camp and they gave me the opportunity to go to umpire school and to teach me the fundamentals of how to umpire. 
And, you know, I'm a player. I was a former player. I never wanted to umpire. I, you know, I never had a I never had a bad moment with the umpire. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I didn't want to umpire. I wanted to I wanted to slide and get dirty and try to stretch a single uh, single into a double. You know, that was my game. And for me, the umpire was something totally different, something I never thought of. And I went to umpire school, went to the Harry Wendelstead Umpire School in Daytona Beach, Florida, and it changed my life forever. And so I became a minor league umpire for 11 years, and now I'm a full-time major league umpire. And within that, there's training that we have to go through. We have to prepare just like the players. We have to review film. Um, we have to keep our bodies and our minds in um, good condition, get great sleep, take care of ourselves. And so that we're able to go out there on the field and produce and to run a fair game. And it's something that's enjoyable for all fans. And so baseball umpiring is something that's very unique. And this camp here is a free two-day camp. And it's something that um, is going to allow a lot of individuals, a lot, we have a lot of youth signed up. They're going to get an opportunity to go out there and call balls and strikes, get back behind the catcher, call balls and strikes, um, call someone out at first base, learn about the rules. This camp is not just for just for the youth. This camp is for parents, those of you that have kids that are in travel ball or playing baseball. You want to learn the rules. You want to know what's going on out there, be able – to help and assist when needed. Um, there's a shortage of umpires in, in, in baseball and youth sports across the nation. And to be out there on the field helping out, I think that's that's something that, that you know, you it's invaluable. It's a trade that you can take with you forever. You can learn something today or this weekend, and it's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. So we're very excited to give live reps. We'll have – um, I'll be, I have to mention that we have an annual toy drive, um, that we're participating in, um, all toys, um, that will be donated. will go to the Long Beach Miller Children's Hospital. Um, and we can't wait to, to just show the love and just the spirit of, of the holiday season right before Christmas. So this is a way to give back and we're very excited. We have raffles, prizes, major league umpires coming out. There's tons of opportunity. This is for baseball players, softball players, anyone that's interested. Please sign up. Please register, and you don't want to miss it. And how? Where do they go to register, Malachi? You can, you can go to the CompingYouthAcademy.com and register online. Um, and we would love to have you sign up and show up and help participate. It's a great way to stay involved in baseball, and you're going to help yourself, and I guarantee you, you're going to learn something when you come out there this weekend. All right. That sounds awesome, man. Thank you for helping the community, man. That's, stuff like that is invaluable. Malachi Moore, Major League Baseball umpire, just finished his first full-time season last year uh, with uh, Major League Baseball. All right. Appreciate you. Good luck on the uh, clinic and the two-day uh, uh umpire school. Thanks, Rob. I really do appreciate it. And again, I want to challenge each and every one of you that sit back oftentimes that watch a lot of our games and think that they can do a better job than us. Come on out. Have fun. See what it's like to call balls and strikes. You'll enjoy it. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker. Out. He 
he can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.